great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter, but you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning, good morning, good Monday morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can reach me on Twitter at Dominic TV, Dominic TV. And I hope you folks had a great weekend. I really do. Um, I, I had a pretty decent uh, weekend uh, myself. I got to go to an art show Saturday night in the South Bronx of a longtime friend, uh, the artist. And I'm not really the art show type. The artist, Yvette Morales, uh, got to look at her beautiful work and also got to spend time with her husband, uh, Ricardo Morales, a longtime friend. So it was a great time in the South Bronx looking at her artwork. And to, to look at how artists pay attention to detail, it, it really is remarkable. So that was great. But one story, one story took me back to my childhood and a very bad experience I had. And that is shooting galleries, shooting galleries for heroin addicts. I had a very bad experience as a child. I'll explain it a bit later. I wrote about the experience in my book, uh, having experience uh, shooting galleries in ways that no child should. And now they are in full public view around the country where kids have to look at this on their way to school. It is a sad sign of the times kids in a place where I once lived. I've talked about this in Seattle, Washington. In Seattle, kids are being forced to walk past addicts, literally shooting up on their way to school. And this is becoming more commonplace in major liberal U.S. cities such as Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and Portland. Just a matter of time until it hits here in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. If it already already hasn't, you just heard Curtis Lee would tell me that it has. I will again explain my nightmare experience, nightmarish experience with shooting galleries uh, when I was a kid a bit later. One of the uh, men that works in the uh, fish market, here we go again, here we go again, Jose Alba Part 2. One of the men that works in a, uh, in a fish market says that the deadly incident over shrimp could have been avoided if the victim wasn't stealing. We've been down this road before. When are people going to understand that in a civilized society, you cannot just go around taking whatever you want to and not paying for it? So the worker says, I know what he was doing. He was stealing. If he wasn't stealing, 
nothing would have happened. And this is according to injured worker Francisco Morales talking about the man accused of trying to rob the store of rob the store of uh, shrimp. And it's something that should not happen, but it does. It's more commonplace in New York now more than ever. And here we go, Jose Alba, part two. Jose Alba, part two, the worker stating that the situation could have been avoided if the victim wasn't stealing. One of the suspects died. One of the suspects died, and the ugly episode could have been avoided. And here's one thing that I'm baffled about. Another story we'll deal with this hour, and I really do need your help on this one. Why do people fake and recreate who they are? I'm talking about the activists who claimed that she was Arab, South Asian, and of Latino descent, and she was outed by her own mother. The activists the activist, her name Raquel Evita Sarah Saraswati, a senior inclusion officer of a Philadelphia-based social justice group. And she has been lying about her ethnic identity for years, claiming she was a woman of color despite being, as her own mother describes her, quote, as white as the driven snow. And this is reminiscent, if you will, of the notorious case uh, a few years back in Spokane, Washington, in which you may recall that former NAACP uh, chapter president uh, falsely posed as an African-American woman in 2015. Uh, Her fortunes dropped so badly, she ended up going on public assistance. And so a number of stories we are dealing with this morning, and let's go ahead and open the phone lines, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So the, the, the first story that I mentioned is one that is personal to me. I admit that up front in terms of I, I had a very bad experience with uh, shooting galleries as it relates to children and and no kid should be forced to look at what is happening in the Seattles of the world and around the country. Around the country. In Seattle, outside of Summit Sierra High School, a top charter school in the city, video shows students walking past addicts shooting up on the street. Now think about that for morale and education and the message that it sends. Kids going to school looking at addicts cannot make it up, folks. Look online. You can see the video for yourself. Needles hanging out of their arms, 
addicts are nodding back and forth. And this is the the world that we live in today and we are exposing our children to. It makes absolutely no sense. No sense. And so the mayor of Seattle, they have uh, increased patrols and officers... Uh, Officers surveilling the, uh, the the streets, but the additional measures are just not working. Just not working. Let's start with your telephone calls. Let's begin this morning in Nevada. Let's say good morning to John. John, you're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Good morning, John. Um, Oregon has already decriminalized all hard drugs, which means you cannot be arrested for having small amounts of hard drugs in Oregon. Um, In California, it's very hard to get arrested for drugs uh, in small quantities. And if you do get arrested, you get sent to drug treatment many times before you ever see jail time. This is the trend that's going on, and it is spreading east from the West Coast. Um, they have already thrown in the towel on the West Coast on hard drugs. So, John, let let me – John – let me make sure I got this right. I heard you, but but maybe I want to believe that I did not accurately hear your statement. Did you just tell me that in Oregon they've already thrown in the towel as it relates to uh, to hard drugs? Yes, Oregon passed that law over a year ago, where now it has been decriminalized for small amounts of hard drugs, all hard drugs. And so are you telling me, John, that in Oregon you can practically shoot up in public? Um, I'm not sure if you're allowed to do it in public or private, but you cannot be arrested for the hard drugs. Wow. 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 John, thank you for that. Calling uh, this morning from uh, Nevada, the world that we live in, folks, it, it is um, – it is very hard to believe. Let's go from Nevada to Maine. Let's say good morning to Frank. Good morning, Frank. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Uh, always a pleasure to speak to you when I can. You know, Dominic, uh, up here in Portland, um, businesses are now now only have dine out instead of eat in because, believe it or not, in homeless the homeless people in Portland, Maine, are now growing, and they're congregating in these businesses. And they're shooting up in the bathrooms. They're, sh- they're starting fights. They, they're drinking the free fountains by, with cups they find outside in the street. And um, the business owners got so fed up. Like, And I'm not going to mention the businesses, but very um, franchise businesses got so fed up that now you have to eat out instead of dine in. And they've, they've done it here. Uh, a friend of mine lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. They've done it there with Starbucks and another place. And um, and I'm starting to see a trend throughout, throughout this country where homeless people are now congregating in these places. And you can't eat in these places anymore because it's just totally disgusting. And it's driving the business – it's driving the people away from these businesses. That's and, why now they're dining out. And, Frank, you are dead on. You are dead on with your assessment because coming up at 45 minutes past the hour in our Chronicles of Dominic Carter segment, that is exactly what I'm going to talk about as you just 
uh, accurately articulated what's going on in Hoboken that in certain stores you can't even eat in anymore because the homeless have taken over. Are you surprised, Frank, that this is happening? I, I, you know, Dominic, I was surprised. I, I was surprised up here in Maine because I figured, how can it be homeless? Like this, there are homeless people in this state, but not to the um, degree that now I am seeing it when I do go into Portland. Um, and I'm starting to see it where I live now in Bangor, uh, where now homeless people are now congregating on the street. So I'm not surprised anymore. But now I'm 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 just I'm just in shock. Like I don't know what else to do. How can I bring my my child around and see this disgust? And nobody's helping these poor people. I, I there's no help. Um, so I I I'm not surprised, but I am shocked and I'm I'm dismayed on how the government lies about how they're helping when they I see apparently they're not. Well, Frank, I I agree with you that that these individuals desperately need help and assistance. But what about the rest of us? What about the rest of us that that are living our lives right? And and we've got to see this, as you just said, in Maine. In Maine, you don't want to bring your kids to these stores because you don't want your, your children or child to witness this. No one in their right mind does. Thank you for the call, Frank, uh, in Maine this morning. And, you know, when I was looking at the story and thinking about it over the weekend in terms of, um, again, in Seattle, addicts are shooting up in full public view. Kids walking to school have to avoid the, the addicts that are at literally getting high on the street. Uh, they have to avoid the, the hypodermic needles that are literally on the floor. And this is how their school day is starting in Seattle in the Portlands of the world, and in other American cities. This is what's happening. And the reason why it's personal to me is that uh, I, I, have, I have not tried to hide or run away from my experience uh, in terms of I've talked openly about the fact that, uh, that my grandfather uh, was a heroin addict. And and he was kicked out of the house for for doing all the things that that addicts do. And um, as a little boy, I wasn't allowed to talk to him. No family member was allowed to talk to him until he cleaned himself up. And I'm proud of him because at the end of the day, he left this earth clean and did kick his addiction. But at the height of his heroin addiction, and this was in Harlem uh, many years ago, at the height of his addiction, you know, he would do to his own family what addicts do. And uh, that is still anything that's not nailed down. Uh, if it meant something was worth $200, he would steal it and, and go sell it for the most he could get, as fast as he could get, even if that meant $10, so he could rush, go get a high. So go get high, I should say. And once I was in his custody, uh, he had me and, as a little boy. And um, I don't think he did this uh, to, to, to have me just say no to, to drugs. I think he did this because of his addiction. And uh, I was about 9 and 10 years old, and he didn't want to leave me on the street in Harlem. And so he took me into a, a, a completely abandoned uh, building in Harlem, 
and he's holding my hand as we're walking around this building. And I, I was in utter shock because it, as a little boy, it looked like zombies uh, that were everywhere. And some were tapping their veins. Uh, they had they had tourniquets around their arms. They were getting high with with heroin, and it was one of the it was one of the worst experiences as a young person. And thus, uh, and thus, I, I think he had went in there to purchase drugs. But thus, that's why I I have never been one. Uh, to be involved with drugs, smoked marijuana once, maybe once or twice, and didn't I didn't even like marijuana because uh, I always liked being in control of myself, and I felt that I wasn't in control of myself. And I, I write openly about uh, my experience with my grandfather in in a uh, shooting gallery in the book on my life, No Mama's Boy, and um, you know that that was just one of the things. But I cannot believe. We fast forward all these years later to 2023, and kids are having to walk to school. Walk to school, avoiding addicts shooting up. Let's go to Rich. Rich, New Jersey. Good morning, Rich. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. How are you, Dominic? I'm a big fan, first time calling. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say, Rich. Go right ahead. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that personal story of the grandfather. My wife's uh, sister battled heroin for years, and she is clean. And it's uh, it's they have to really have it in their heart to want to feed it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The the, the point I, I wanted to say is I, there was comments made by uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene not, not that long ago about a national divorce. And I'm not usually a big fan of some of the rhetoric that she talks about, but it got me thinking just with some of the liberal cities and the policies you guys are talking about with Seattle and Portland, and I don't see – many Democrats just even acknowledging that some people need to pay for crimes that they're committing. They, they need to be in jail. We need to do something with the homeless problem. And it's almost like a, as a person raising young children, why would I ever want to live in those cities? And I see that's just going to continue. That trend is going to continue. And I think people are going to go to where they're going to go. And honestly, I could even see some liberals and Democrats going down to conservative areas, but they're going to continue to vote the way they're going to vote. And um, it's an interesting dynamic, and I'm not really sure if if, if that's going to change at all. Well, Rich, it, it is a, a dynamic that's that's horrible. No one, you know, you, you're being diplomatic about it, uh, but I'll be a bit more direct. No one wants to go through this. No one wants to live around this, and and businesses will continue uh, to be on the decline because they they have to deal with this. I mean, I I just I I Rich, you you sound like a very compassionate person. As a matter of fact, you sound like you're a bit more compassionate than I am. But it's just um, it, it's just horrible that this kids on their way to school. What type yeah. of message does this send? And thank you, Rich, for the uh, call uh, in New Absolutely. Jersey. Thank you, and we're going to continue with your calls. But also the uh, second story that we're dealing, uh, here we go again, Jose Alba again. Um, You may recall his story. Well, now a Harlem worker at a uh, fish market left battered during a fatal um, situation incident where two brothers apparently were trying to steal shrimp, shrimp at a Manhattan fish market. And the worker says the ugly episode could have been avoided. And, of course, it could have been avoided. 
So Francisco Morales says, quote, I saw what he was doing. He was stealing. If he wasn't stealing, nothing would have happened. So this happened at the Fish Express fish market. When a Robert Burrell and his brother Malik allegedly entered the store to steal shrimp and began assaulting him. Now, another worker, Junior Hernandez, intervened and ultimately stabbed the Burrell brothers, killing the 25-year-old Malik. Now, apparently, one of the brothers was stealing the shrimp, apparently, and, uh, and left, and then came back with his brother. Sounds just like the Jose Alba story in which the girlfriend's uh, uh, welfare benefits card didn't work. She couldn't purchase the chips for her daughter. She left and came back with her boyfriend, and her boyfriend was uh, uh, someone on parole, was ex-con, was super aggressive, and ended up stabbed. And so in this situation, the workers were trying to avoid confrontation. They locked the door to the fish market. The brother comes back with his other brother. They break in the door. They break in to the fish market, and one they end up stabbed and one fatally. One fatally. And so now this worker that came to the aid of another worker, Junior Hernandez, was initially charged with murder, but the charges were quickly reduced to assault. And again, this case mirrors the one of bodega worker Jose Alba, who fatally stabbed an ex-con attacking him in July, and he was initially charged with murder. And so the first worker, Mr. Morales, says, I want him to go to jail. He came in to fight. And the man that did the stabbing is expressing remorse for the uh, fatal encounter. Now, guess what, folks? The two brothers that uh, allegedly sparked this incident, they have criminal records. Guess what? The man that did the stabbing does not have a criminal record. Does not. So this is clearly a case based on what we know as of right now of self-defense. It is Jose Alba all over again. And, you know, when, when I woke up this morning, I'm about to take a commercial break. I was thinking about this literally as I rolled out of bed. And I said, you have two male individuals. This is my thought process this morning. One grows up and one says, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to make something of myself. Or or if he doesn't start out that way, eventually he, he becomes that type of good man. And the other, for whatever reason, at some point in his life, decides... I'm going to be a get-over artist. Things are not going my way. I'm entitled to things. I'm going to take it. I'm going to steal it from someone else. And they end up with bad luck throughout their life. And in this case, these two individuals clashed again. A good man with no criminal record 
has been arrested and two brothers, each with rap sheets, one is dead over some shrimp. Eventually, I don't care what these politicians on the left tell you, eventually the message is going to get through that you don't have a right to go steal things and that people are going to protect their property. We are going to take a break. Dominic Carter here with you on this Monday morning, Talk Radio 77 WABC. When we come back, more of your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Talk Radio 77. And we are back on this Monday morning with a number of topics and taking your calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. In a moment, and and I'm, I'm still scratching my head trying to figure this one out, why do people fake who they are to the extreme of pretending to be someone that they are not? So an activist who claims that she was Arab, South Asian, and of Latin descent has been outed by her own mother. Now, this woman was working as the senior inclusion officer of a Philadelphia-based social justice group, and she's been lying about her ethnic identity for years, claiming she is a woman of color despite being, quote, as her mother says, as white as the driven snow. We'll deal with that in just a second. But first, let's go back to the telephone calls. Our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. How are you? And I just want to say thank you for sharing your story. But, um, you know, it's still happening. And, you know, it happens in a lot of families that don't, don't express it. But right now, um, I think the fentanyl and that, that zombie stuff is, is more dangerous. Uh, the um, tranquilizer, the horse tranquilizer that's being used now, fentanyl, heroin, and, and um, this, um, this nonsense. I don't, okay, I wait, nonsense. wait, Audrey, you, you hmm? said a horse tranquilizer? It's called, oh, I can't think of the name right now, but it's, um, they're mixing it with that and, oh God, I can't think of the name right now because so, I, so, so it's not just fentanyl that, can, that can kill you on the spot. It's three, it's three, but the, the this particular uh, tranquilizer, it's for animals and it's, it's deteriorating, it's killing, it's eating the skin and the people, they can't stop. So, you know, that's something frightening, but, uh, you know, I went through that same similar story with you, but, um, that you did, but the difference is, um, it's still happening. And uh, hopefully everyone that thinks fentanyl is coming in through the border, it's, it's something in America that the drug system is, is horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Wow. So, so I, I thought it was just fentanyl and the, and the heroin and marijuana. And you're telling me that, that people are foolish enough to, to try with a horse tranquilizer to achieve a high. Absolutely. I can't think of the name, and I'm sorry. But it's okay. It's, it's out there. And, and thank you for sharing the story. But, you know, you should try and join every now and then. I'm just kidding. How was your weekend? Wait, when you said I should try and enjoy, I didn't hear what you said, Audrey. 
every now and then. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, I, I, st- I still didn't hear what you said. But so you try smoking a butt every now oh, and then. Oh, no, 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 no. Audrey, Audrey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that type of person. Yeah. But It's but, a joke. Yeah, yeah, no, bad joke. But but I but I thank you for the call. I'm not that type of person because the, to be honest with you, I I am always trying to be my best person. And this is the way I feel that all of us should be. And why would I put something in my body that one, I don't know what it's laced with and it could kill me uh, uh right on the spot. Two, any individual could end up in the emergency uh room uh strapped to a psychiatric bed. Uh, I've done that experience as well. But I told the story about my grandfather because all, all that glitters is not gold. And, you know, it's very easy to say, well, you know, we listen to Dominic on the radio these days. And, um, you know, it's very easy to think that, that you know, a certain life and, and you've done very well. And, and those things are wonderful, but but it has not been an easy road. And that's why I wrote the book. Uh, for those of you that are interested, you can go to my website, DominicCarterOnline.com, DominicCarterOnline.com. Um, uh, it, it's titled No Mama's Boy, and it's about it's about my life. And part of my life uh, was my – I never had a father. You, know, you folks know I've talked about this on WABC. No man has ever signed my birth certificate. So no matter no matter what level I achieve in term of uh, in terms of success, uh, I will die with the fact that I have never had a man sign my birth certificate. I I had a uh, biological sperm donor, but um, never had a father. And so the older that I get, and thank you for that comment, Audrey. But the older that I get, um, as the kids say, I basically have no shame in my game in in terms of putting it out there. Because I, I feel I can be comfortable with you, with you folks. I feel that many of you call up here night after night and you share very personal details of your life with me. And so um, I, I try and, uh, and, and uh, do the same in terms of uh, what's gone on in my life. And, I, again, I remember when my grandfather, you know, the, the rough days, and, you know, he, if he knocked on the door, I was not allowed to open the door because if he came in, it, and, and this was him at its worst. He was going to steal something. And um, but but again, the 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 point of the story is that we all fall down in life. The question is, do you get back up? And he got back up and he kicked his addiction. And when he left this earth, he left clean. But he was a heroin addict and every bad word of the sense that uh, that you could think of. Let's go to Al and Yonkers. Good morning, Al. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning to you, Dominic. I always look forward to your program. Thank uh, you. I just Thank want, you. Of course. You know, I just wanted to say in regards to the uh, unfortunate incident at, uh, with the, uh, at the, shrimp shop, uh, sh- uh, the shrimp store where the uh, perpetrator was uh, murdered in the assault. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, I heard that the uh, two, two, two brothers involved, his father, <clears throat> had said that, uh, it's you know, they had money that they, you know, didn't need to steal. But unfortunately, it looks like, you know, this is what occurred. And I think the store, the store employee who came to the defense of the other employee, I think eventually the uh, charges will be downgraded because uh, – Clear hedge will prevail and to see that that he wasn't really the aggressor here. Right. He, you he agree? clearly, yes. Uh, I hope so. 
It's it's Jose Alba uh, all over again. It's Jose Alba all over again. And and I but but the point, Al, is that we've had two uh, people with with rap sheets now, two that have been killed. And I'm hoping that sooner or later they will understand that it's not a minor crime to go steal someone else's belongings. Right. And if you go steal shrimp, it, it, as the allegation is in this case, you, you want to eat good that night. And there's nothing wrong with it but work for it and pay for it. Big difference. Big difference. And, Al, I, I appreciate your call, and I I, uh, I thank you uh, for calling this morning. So I'm, I'm looking at some of the emails that I'm receiving, and one's from an author, Melendez. Uh, yes, author Melendez. And he says, top of the morning to you, Dominic. Hope you had a good weekend. As always, I'm on duty for the overnight, and I have my ears tuned in. Well, thank you, Mr. Melendez, for doing that. He says, I saw a young Dominic Carter on Saturday while watching the movie Loudmouth by Reverend Al Sharpton. You were the man back then and still are now. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Yes, I am. I am in uh, the documentary on uh, Reverend Sharpton, uh, Loudmouth. I haven't talked about it. Um, because there's nothing really to say. They, they, they've every major story that has come out of New York, for the most part, I have had something to do with over the last thirty to thirty-five years, and so I've covered Sharpton. I hear what you folks think about him. You know, you don't like him. Some of you do like him. I get it. I understand. We don't have to have that Sharpton debate, but I haven't seen the Sharpton uh, documentary yet. Uh, loud mouth. Um, I, it's now coming out on television, and and I guess I'll I'll see it. Um, I'll see it then. And you know, I guess I guess they use the old clip of me uh, interviewing him. And it, it's it's certain times during my life, folks, when I stop and look back. You know, I was at the heart of the Bernard Getz case, the Tawana Brawley case, all the racial division in New York. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And, uh, you know, many police cases, and and I've had a change of heart. I've said often that uh, I I was often the lead reporter when it came to police brutality, exposing police brutality. My feeling has changed over the years as it relates to the police because I've grown as a person, and I see that more than 90% of police officers do an outstanding job. They want to help us. No one goes to work with the intention of, oh, I'm going to hurt someone today. No, that's not what happens. Anyway, let's continue with your uh, telephone calls. Let's go to Linda, Long Island. Good morning, Linda. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dom. And this is why everyone loves you. You best not get a swell head. I haven't heard anything bad about you. Well, I I I I I I won't get a swell head. I I promise you, Linda. You know, okay, but thank yeah. you. But thank you. Go Let ahead. me tell you're welcome. I mean it. Uh, I heard something today that I just couldn't believe. You know, all this stuff is going out. All this stuff, the drugs, everything, on the street outside. I heard of a, a news report today. I was shocked. They arrested a guy for exposing himself inside, I don't know, his house, his apartment, whatever he was in, um, in front of a window because some girls went by. 
This was on the news today. I couldn't believe it. This is so important. And they arrested this guy. I don't know who he is, but that's important. They don't arrest anybody and keep him in jail who kills people. I, I mean, the stupidest thing that goes on uh, all over, but especially in New York. It's crazy. It is. Did the, you hear that? The, I, haven't you heard hear it? It? I haven't heard it yet, Linda. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what community that happened to be? No. That's all I heard. I mean, you know, it's switching, you know, just switching for news, you know, um, quickly. I don't even know what time it was. I had the radio on. And then all of a sudden I heard that. I don't know if the end of it, of a report or something. But, no, I didn't. I don't have details. That's what I was wondering if you heard about it because I, I, I said I can't be I, I can't be I heard it I know I definitely heard it, um, but I I always thought someone was inside unless they were shooting or something they don't arrest I assumed they didn't arrest someone for exposing himself inside his own house well, you know rather if, than if, on the street if that's yeah. what this creep did then the arrest yeah. is uh, justified. Linda, I, I do appreciate your call and always enjoy hearing from you. Thank you. Let's go from Long Island to Manhattan. Let's say good morning to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. I just wanted to say that the clinical term for the zombie drug is called xylazine, and it is a um, horse tranquilizer. And um, I watch, I listen to your show, um, and uh on Fox, there's uh, Lawrence Jones. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has a show on Fox, and he was talking about xylazine, which is the horse tranquilizer, and uh, unfortunately, it um, does eat your flesh. Um, so people should just really think twice before they indulge in the uh, drugs that are out there on the streets. So you're te- so you're telling me that people are doing this. They're doing using a horse tranquilizer on their own. Yes. Wow. 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 This is uh, I I almost really don't know what to say. Who in their right mind? I mean, I I get it. I get it. I have intentionally been to a couple of um, AA meetings and and uh, and meetings of addicts to see what it was like. dealing with that experience and um i i i the the one experience that i have from friends that have talked to me about this is that they're always chasing the next high and and you know i i'm not trying to glor glorify this surely i thank you for the call i'm not trying to glorify this but from what i've been told the first high that they get is always the best high and they could spend years, they could spend their lifetime trying to achieve that high again. But for someone to sit down and use a horse tranquilizer, you have got to be out of your mind. We are going to take a break. When we come back, more of your telephone calls from Suffolk County to Astoria to Manhattan. Coming up at the top of the hour, Frank Morano and the other side of midnight. Staying up late this morning, Ernie Anastas will be joining Frank. I am greatly looking forward to that interview. When we come back, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter and your telephone calls. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Another sign of the time, Panera and Starbucks in Hoboken, New Jersey, have closed their dining areas to keep out the homeless. This is what companies are being forced to do to continue business. So you and I are paying the price in more ways than one. Starbucks and Panera stores in downtown Hoboken, and Hoboken is beautiful, at least the area where the tourists go near the uh, New Jersey Transit and so, and so on in water. They have shut down their dining areas to prevent homeless people from using them. Dear guests, we do not provide dine-in services, RPU, and to-go orders only. Reads a sign at the Panera on Washington Street. People without a place to live, people without a place to live have used both stores for years as shelters from the cold and a tongue-in-cheek Yelp review from 2017 called Panera, quote, a great place if you want to mingle with Hoboken's homeless community. It is a recent fight at the Panera store between two men believed to be homeless that led to a decision to close the dining area, according to an assistant manager. We are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert, Suffolk County. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Good morning. Top of the week to you, Dominic. Good morning to you, sir. Go right ahead, Robert. Okay, I had a friend, and I'm sorry to say had. I knew him since sixth grade. He moved out to Seattle about 1995, and after working for a while in high tech, he started his own business. And he became successful in his own small way with the niche products at the Pikes Market. And he did fairly well. He did up to a quarter million dollars in year in sales by the time the state came after him. And he lost his business. He lost his apartment. He's living in his car. And he, he became severely depressed. All his friends tried to help him, but his family wouldn't. So to feel better about himself, he started using meth. And what they do with meth and other drugs on the street, you may not even get the drug that they're selling it as. It could be fentanyl only. And they do that to get you addicted, more addicted than you would if it was the real McCoy. 
Right, but but what's but, but what's he, crazy? I'm going to let you finish the story, Robert. But what's crazy is that if it's all fentanyl, it could kill you on the spot. No, uh, it's not necessarily. I mean, it depends on how long you've been taking it, what dose it is. That's what I mean. But oh, but but. Okay, but but tell me the end of the story. I cut you off and didn't mean to do so. You said he ended up. Okay, because it was laced with fentanyl, the methamphetamine, he OD'd eventually. He got a hot dose. I don't know if he was smoking or snorting it, but he OD'd and died. New Year's Eve. I'm sorry to hear that. I I really am, Robert. And and you said. Five years. I knew the man. Everybody tried to help him, man. It really breaks my heart. He he was the one friend I knew for the longest time in my life. I'm sorry, man. It hurts, man. they, They don't care. I'm sorry, Robert. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And, um... You see, folks, they, they, thank you, Robert. There really is nothing that anyone can say if you're going through this type of situation or a loved one is going through this type of situation. Kathy in New Jersey. Good morning, Kathy. What's on your mind? Kathy, are you with me? La- yes, Hi. Kathy, go ahead, please. I'm sorry, my phone is... Anyway, I was in Boston, my second home, so to speak, and uh, Brugger's Bagels, you were talking before about shutting down seating. Yes. The bagel shops that are, like, massive, chained, no seating anymore. Why? And did, I'm just it, sharing did, that. Did, did they say why, Kathy? Yes, because of the congregating of people just sitting there, homeless or just sitting there and not even having a cup of coffee and not taking care of themselves. Same thing. So, Kathy, help me out here. You may know the answer to this. You may not. So um, I I know when I'm in Boston, I, I enjoy, t- to the tourist spots, going to have breakfast and so on. I don't remember the name. And and you're right, though, about the, the pastry shops, the bagels and the croissants and a nice cup of coffee and so on. But are you telling me, Kathy, that there's nothing the police can do to escort the homeless out? Well, I'd like help from the police, but that's another story. But, Dominic, I don't understand why they can't get involved from what I know. It's a private business, and it's the decision. I know this much because I've asked questions. It's the decision of Starbucks and the various companies, but they've reached a critical mass. You know, they allowed it for so long, right? Now I'm up in Boston, no seating in any of the Brugers because of it, re- it reached a critical mass and the stores didn't enforce a policy or, you know, have somebody. Wouldn't it have made sense, Dominic, if a store like Starbucks or anything had like a host or hostess, right, saying, look, uh, Mary, you've been here for a half hour and we have about 10 people waiting for a seat. They do that in restaurants, right? Right, but but the problem with that um, is who who wants to be that hostess that has to I, explain to a mentally ill person that you have to leave? And then what happens when the person says no? And let's just say the police do come, but it takes 15 minutes for the cops to arrive, Kathy, and a lot can happen in 15 minutes. 
I know, and that's out of control, and it's really sad. But we can't have people taking over. I agree with Obviously. you. Obviously. I agree I, with I, you. I, like, I, the streets, I mean, I'm with you. Like, the streets are a mess. Well, the, the, this is why I say that Rudy Giuliani was the greatest mayor of New York City ever. Do you think, Absolutely, Kathy, in that, that area. That, do you yes. think that Giuliani would tolerate that? I don't think so. I don't think so. And a police commissioner that didn't enforce it under a Rudy Giuliani would be looking for a job the next day. It would not happen. Kathy, I thank you for the call. But this is what happens with with the politicians when they want to be liked by everybody. They want to be friends. Oh, I'm the mayor, and I care about everybody. Well, who's paying the bill for this? The taxpayers, but who cares? Who's paying the bill? The taxpayers. Who cares? I'm joined now by Frank Marano. We're going to go back to your telephone calls in just a second. Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, Hello, sir. Hello, Dominic. How was your weekend? Weekend was pretty good. How was yours? Wonderful, wonderful. Do anything good? I, yesterday, well, Sunday, yeah, so technically yesterday, we went out to Long Island to see my sister-in-law and her one-month-old baby. Uh, we had okay. brunch for my sister-in-law's birthday. That was fun. I had no plans on Friday, which was a rarity, so my wife and I actually watched a movie. I'll tell people about it in okay. a little bit, and, and okay. that was pretty much it. Just caught up on some areas. So I, I have a bone to pick with oh, you. Oh, boy. Here we go. Because you're going to be keeping me up tonight because I'm looking forward to Ernie Anastas, who's going to join you and uh, Ernie will be appearing, and um, tell me what else you have. Yeah, well, you know, that's really the thing that I'm looking forward to most. You know, uh, he was here on Thursday, Ernie, and uh, I, guess, I think he was recording some of the stuff for his show. And the three of us, I think, kept him for an hour, hour and a half longer than he was slated to be here because he's just got so many great stories, meaning uh, you, me, and Rita Cosby. We could have talked to him for another four hours. So I'm going to get him to tell some of these stories on air. Uh, I don't think there's been a more legendary broadcast journalist in New York City history. And to listen to the two of you go back and forth uh, over the last 50 years of TV news was a real education for me, and I'm looking forward to the conversation very much. And then uh, we have commendations to get to, a big controversy involving the creator of Dilbert, Scott Adams. We're going to get into that. And uh, a lot of other fun fun stories that I think people will get a kick out of. So another great show. Absolutely. hope so. Wonderful. Let's go back to the phones together, Frank Morano and uh, and myself. Let's go to Frank. You select. How the next about caller. Wanda in the Bronx? Wanda in the Bronx. Good morning, Wanda. You're talking to Frank and Dominic. Uh, good morning. This is the first time I've ever called, but I always listen to you guys. Thanks. But I heard something last week that um, uh, Brian Kilney said, and I was very hurt about it. I'm a 70 year old senior citizen. I've been homeless for three years, and Biden and America go out of the country to another country and spend billions of dollars, and they don't help their own people. I'm not down with that. I don't understand that. I don't care about Ukraine. I care about me as a 70-year-old with kidney disease. Well, Wanda, I'm sorry that that you have a— kidney disease and i i hope it i hope it works out um i the the frustration that you're voicing uh others have expressed the same sentiment but i but i guess in fairness to the president uh the president has got to be on the world stage i hear you wanda that your thing is america first 
spend the money here. Frank, do you have a reaction to what uh, you Wanda know, said? I, I kind of, I totally agree. I mean, look, you could always say that about anything that the government is spending money on, is that, uh, oh, they should spend it here instead of there. This is a case where how much money are we supposed to give the Ukrainian government? I mean, I, I think enough is enough. We've done our part. We've done our part. I, I think it, I, we're actually only hoping, we're only prolonging this conflict longer than it otherwise would go. We should be in a position to negotiate a ceasefire and end this. Well, Wanda, I want to say that we love you and and we hope you feel better. And please hang in there and please give us another call, folks. My time is up. Frank Marano on the other side of midnight. But first, news headlines with Alex Barnard.